Hello there, it's great to see you again. Welcome back to MLEX's podcast covering the biggest regulatory stories from around the world. And we do it every week with the assistance of our team of reporters ensconced and embedded in the corridors of administrative power. My name is James Paniki, MLEX's Asia Senior Editor, coming to you today from Melbourne, Australia, and it's great to have your company. And wow, has ChatGPT been getting a run in the media recently? No doubt as a result of journalists looking over their shoulders and wondering if the artificial intelligence chatbot is about to do them out of a job. And the answer, by the way, appears to be not yet, although the broader question of what a literate and well-informed chatbot might do to the search engine market is still very much up for debate. But where, and here's the MLEX question for you today, where are the regulators on the issue of artificial intelligence? Well, as always, in the US, it's a state-by-state proposition. But overall, we know that rules on how artificial intelligence manages personal data are likely to become a hot topic of conversation. Luckily for us, we have a San Francisco bureau crammed with smart reporters to cover these very issues. Jen Bryce is one of them, Amy Miller is another, and they're both with me right now. Uh, Jen, now several state privacy laws will be taking effect this year. What, if anything, do they tell us about artificial intelligence? So there are five state privacy laws taking effect this year, and four of them, California, Colorado, Connecticut, Virginia, give consumers the right to opt out of having their personal information processed by these automated decision-making systems, which have been around for a while, but these days fall under the AI umbrella because they're using machine learning tech to process people's data to make determinations about them in some pretty significant scenarios like housing and hiring and things like that. So in Connecticut and Virginia, the statutes are giving opt-out rights when these decisions are solely automated. But in California and Colorado, they're still figuring out their rules about automated decision-making, such as whether consumers need to be able to opt-out if a human is involved in reviewing the system. And Amy, given that privacy policy in the US tends to be driven by the states for reasons that we've discussed on this podcast many times before, just remind us what other AI-related policies are playing out at the moment in the U.S.? Well, there's a smattering of state bills that have been introduced recently and that are still being considered. Uh, The District of Columbia is exploring broad action on algorithmic discrimination. That's the Stop Discrimination by Algorithms Act. That was introduced in 2021 by then-D.C. Attorney General uh, Carl Racine. And uh, and the current D.C. Council Committee Chair, Robert White, said he's committed to moving the bill forward this year. Uh, Maryland is considering a bill that any anyone who intentionally designs and creates artificial intelligence software that could cause anyone physical injury or death is strictly liable for damages uh, and subject to a civil penal- penalty. Uh, California is going a step further in considering a bill that would establish uh, an office of artificial intelligence, and it would grant the office the powers to guide the design, use, and deployment of AI systems to ensure that they're all consistent with state and federal laws and regulations around privacy. But most states, uh, like New York, Maryland, Texas, and Illinois, have introduced more generic bills that would establish a commission to study how to regulate AI. So that's pretty much where things stand in the states right now. Okay, so Jen, let's move to the federal government's handling of AI. What do we need to know? 
Yeah, you know, Congress this session is reviving talks about a federal comprehensive privacy law, which of course could weigh in on automated decision making and AI and these issues. Plus, there are some congressmen like Representative Ted Lieu from California who are calling on their fellow lawmakers to take action on AI as generative models like ChatGPT get more popular. Um, you also have the Federal Trade Commission. They nodded to algorithmic discrimination by automated decision-making and AI in the commercial surveillance and data security advanced notice of proposed rulemaking. Um, And that was met with some industry pushback in the public comment period. But more broadly, the National Institute for Standards and Technology uh, issued a voluntary AI risk management framework, which promotes principles like trust and fairness in tech design, and that's for companies to hold themselves to. And there are other voluntary industry-driven frameworks in the U.S. that are outlining similar best practices. And Amy, how does the US's approach here compare to other jurisdictions, including, of course, the European Union? Well, as is typical, the US is taking a more laissez-faire approach to regulation. Well, maybe I shouldn't say laissez-faire, but they're taking a a less prescriptive approach uh, than other jurisdictions like the EU. Uh, Right now, the EU is considering uh, the Artificial Intelligence Act. That's draft legislation that would regulate any use of AI deemed to pose a high risk to anyone's rights. And those, those talks are expected to continue until April. So they're taking a much more prescriptive approach, I think, than the US is. And Amy, everyone seems to be talking about chat GPT at the moment uh, with promises that its ability to digest material and then spit it out in an intelligible way could ultimately pose a threat to Google's dominance of the search market. So it's big news, right? Right. Uh, But just remind us what chat GPT is and what regulators think about it. Well, ChatGPT, everybody's been talking about it. Uh, All the reporters have been writing stories about uh, their conversations with ChatGPT that have kind of gone off the rails. (laughs) Uh, But it's basically a language processing system that's capable of providing detailed answers to users' questions. It's a a new type of AI called generative AI, and that's a type of artificial intelligence that can create original content, uh, including essays, fine art, software code, um, and the possibilities are limitless, according to proponents. But uh, regulators are really far behind. I think technology is advancing much more uh, quickly than regulators are probably able to keep up. And right now, um, I think all we're seeing uh, at the state level, or not even anything at the federal level, the only thing we're seeing is a a bill in Illinois um, specifically mentioning generative AI, and that would uh, establish another task force to investigate and provide a report on on what it is and what natural language processing software can do. So it's it's just getting started, and I think uh, regulators are just starting to look at it, but it's it raises all kinds of issues because these systems require so much data to operate um, and to function. So it's really unclear now what, what some of the privacy and data security implications might be, but uh, you can see them down the road coming. Finally, Jen, what does all of this mean for companies that are operating or hoping to operate AI technologies when managing personal data? How are they likely to be affected by all of this? Yeah, so right now companies that use AI are figuring out which of their processes might be considered automated decision making still. So for example, 
Take a company that uses AI in its hiring process. If an applicant wants to opt out of having their application processed by an automated system, those companies are going to be thinking about what they'll need to do to notify consumers and how they'll accommodate people that do want to opt out. And then you also have the companies that are innovating in developing AI. And so they're thinking about policies like data minimization, retention policies, and these opt-out requirements too. For example, OpenAI recently changed its policies to better notify consumers um, and give them the ability to opt out of the default of having their data retained to train their models. Um, and I just think these consumer and government concerns about data collection, like privacy risks and algorithmic discrimination, um, are going to keep coming up. Okay, Jen and Amy, this is a fascinating story. Thank you so much for your coverage and thanks for talking to me today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for chatting with us, James. Thank you, James. Jen Bryce is an MLEX reporter covering data privacy and security. Amy Miller is an MLEX senior correspondent covering privacy, data security and antitrust. Both were speaking to us from our offices in San Francisco. And we'll post a link to Jen's most recent story on AI regulation at our usual website, mlexmarketinsight.com. That's M-L-E-X marketinsight.com. You'll see a tab called News Hub at the top of the page that will take you straight through to the very best of MLEX's reporting and analysis. There's also an archive of our podcasts, which is another way to catch a glimpse of what MLEX reporters are up to at any given time. And you won't be able to miss the banner linking you to our most recent Future Mobility special report brought to you by our reporters Shuwan and Jakob Krupa. The special report is ready for you to download right now. Let me also remind you that you can subscribe to the MLEX podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify and Stitcher or wherever you go for your audio programming. And where possible, please rate and review us. It helps us attract new listeners. The podcast is produced and presented by me, James Paniki. It's published with the help of MLEX's marketing team in London and our executive producer is Richard Thompson. From me and everyone here at MLEX and LexisNexis, thank you for your company. I'll see you again very soon. Bye for now.